Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And sometimes we connect you with the people that bring information that's going to help you solve the issues in your life. And that's what we're going to do today. I mean, most people think once they get a will or a trust in place, that's all they need to have a good estate plan. But there are a lot of things most people don't consider when they do their estate planning. Today's guest has more than 30 years experience helping families get their estate planning done right and here to guide us through six of the things that most people overlook in their estate plans is today's guest. Catherine Hammond, founder and president of the Hammond Law Group. Catherine, welcome to The Extra. Oh, thank you. It is so good to be with you, Shannon. Always good to talk to you. I learn so much. I really do. I mean, I actually end up with a list of things, uh, kind of action items that I need to implement in my own life. And I hope that's going to be true for our listeners today. So we've heard the statistic that nearly 70% of Americans have no estate plan in place. Why is that? You know, they, they say that the biggest reason why we don't do the things that we know are important, because everybody knows they need some sort of estate plan, right? Everybody knows that. But we procrastinate because we don't think that we need it today. You know, probably, statistically speaking, today is not going to be the day that I'm going to get hit by a bus. And so we think we have more time, and so we put it off until tomorrow, and the problem is tomorrow never quite comes, right? It's always one more day away. And we're all, we're all a little bit uncomfortable thinking about the fact that we're not going to be here forever, right? And so there's, some, there's something about facing that and talking about it that is uncomfortable for some people. And what I have found is that even people who feel like it's all a little bit uncomfortable and maybe not something they really want to deal with, to a person, every single person, when they hire an attorney to get their estate plan taken care of, even before they have their documents in place, they walk back out the door heaving a big sigh of relief and feeling like there's this weight off of their shoulders because they're finally taking care of their families. Yeah, and and you you think that you're done, but at the same time, there are overlooked things that people may uh, lack doing when they do finally get those estate plans done. So let's talk about those six things. You say the first thing is most people don't include when they get a will and trust is a plan for their digital assets. What do you mean by that, digital assets? Yeah. Yeah, this is a new thing. We all just got computers and smartphones over the last 20 or so years, right? 20, 30 years. So there are all kinds of assets that we have that are not physical, but they're held on our devices. So those are things like the ID and passwords to our financial accounts and to everything else, um, our email accounts, access to our email accounts, our digital photos, right? We used to take photos with film and you would print them out and you would leave those in a box or in an album for your heirs. But that's not where they are anymore. And if they're locked up on your phone when you die, your family's not going to get them. Right. Um, there's social media accounts and there's cryptocurrency. A lot of people have digital money these days. And I had a, a situation recently where... You know, I had somebody who, whose husband passed away, and 
she came in and she was having such a hard time because she couldn't get into his email and there was so much information that she needed from his email account. And that was the biggest challenge that she had. He had documents in place, but he hadn't taken care of his digital assets, and that was a real problem for her. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. And Facebook. Facebook will just keep on uh, posting weird things like a reminder that it's so-and-so's <laughs> birthday and so-and-so, unfortunately, has been passed away. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, that can be just a nightmare. So how should people make sure that their loved ones can access their digital assets when they're gone? Yes. So it's a little bit different for different types of assets. For social media, like Facebook and Instagram, um, and even for Gmail, um, I know, and probably for some other big uh, email providers, you can set up a legacy account or contact so that if something happens to you, you've already designated somebody who can get in there. And then the key is just to make sure that somebody knows, the right person knows, that they are the legacy contact and what to do with that. For everything else, you know, my, my husband gave me a great gift of putting all of his passwords, his IDs and passwords, into a password protecting uh, program called Bitwarden. There are other password protection programs where you can give a key person access to that one thing that will open up the whole world of IDs and passwords for all of the digital assets. Now, does that mean you're allowed to use them if you have the digital password? Or is it one of those things where, you know, you're using it, but you're not really supposed to be using it because you're not, I don't know, the heir to it officially? I don't know. Oh, such a great question. So it depends on the situation. For, you know, for me and for my husband, my husband gave me those things not so that I could use them now, but so that I could use them if something happens to him, when something happens to him. Um, for some people, they're okay with somebody else accessing now. And for lots of people, the appropriate way to handle it you know, my, my husband has some health issues, and so, you know, we're always mindful of the fact that he might um, have some things come up, and he might not be able to access, and so he's gone ahead and given that information to me. However, for most people, it's just about telling people where to find the information, where to find the password for the Bitwarden account or whatever program has all of your IDs and passwords in it. So what's the next item, Catherine, on your list uh, that most people overlook? Well, actually, did we talk about how people can make sure that their loved ones? Yes, we did talk about that. So what's the next item on your list for that most people overlook when they do their estate plan? The next one is your personal property, your jewelry, your um, furniture, your you know little treasures, your the things that you've picked up on special trips that have special meaning in your family, your you know, collections, your art collections, all, your antiques, all of those things. And it's important to figure out, you, know, you might have a global distribution list, like everything goes to my children and they can divide it equally. But there might be specific items and or categories that you want to give to certain people. And if that's the case, you want to make sure that you do that ahead of time. 
Right, because there's nothing worse than, well, I mean, it, it's just one of those evolutions than people saying, oh, I don't want anything. And then you find out, no, they wanted things and specific things. And uh, then right. you have to make it all right. Um, so how can people make sure those personal items go to the right people when they pass away? You said something like, you know, making some sort of listing out. Uh, is that what people need to do? Yes, it is a list. And so... Your will or trust will probably have a global statement about who gets everything that you haven't specifically designated. But you also want to write what's called in Colorado a tangible personal property memorandum. And so that that memo um, is done very informally. You can just write out the item, the recipient, and then make sure that you sign and date it. And you can you can distribute things by category. You can say all of my jewelry goes to Sally, or you can say my blue sapphire ring goes to Sally, and my ruby ring goes to you know to Fred for his wife, or you know whatever it might be. You can do it by categories or by specific items. But the important thing is to have it in writing. Even better if you have talked to your loved ones about it ahead of time so they know what to expect. There are situations where family members go into the house the day that their loved one dies and start taking things. That's what you don't want to have happen. All right. Well, we have much more to talk about with Catherine Hammond, founder and president of Hammond Law Group. Uh, we're going to be talking about when we come back, not just these six action items that maybe get overlooked when planning out estates, but also uh, how to take part in an estate planning workshop. There are two coming up March 13th and March 16th. We'll give you more details of that when we come back. Get a pen and pencil uh, and paper ready so that you can take down those details uh, because they are free and no no obligations, and you'll learn a lot. We'll talk about that when The Extra continues after these messages. Welcome back to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And uh, today we're talking to a wonderful person, Catherine Hammond, president and founder of the Hammond Law Group. And we've been talking about the six things that are commonly overlooked when people do finally get their estate plans done. We'll continue with that conversation with Catherine. But before we do, Catherine, tell us about these estate planning workshops. Yes, so we have a long history of providing education for the community because most people are overwhelmed with all of the information out there about do I need a will, do I need a trust, what what on earth should I do and how do I get it right? So we offer complimentary workshops to our community on a regular basis in March. They're coming up on Wednesday, March 13th and Saturday, March 16th. You can call our office at 719 1474, or you can go to com to get all of the details on those and register. These are educational. They are not a sales presentation. We want to help you understand what you need. Um, and as a benefit for coming, if you do want to meet with one of our attorneys, um, that is complimentary for all of the people who attend. 
I, I got to say, in taking care of some issues, I listened to one, I think two, actually, of the, uh, because the first one, I didn't get my head wrapped around all the information that was planning. And uh, this was in the days of uh, doing that uh, virtually through Zoom. And uh, boy, I learned so much. So Catherine, thanks to you and your staff for doing those. So getting back to the six most common items that people overlook in their uh, estate plans, we talked about digital assets and emails and such and crypto. And we talked about personal property like jewelry or maybe antiques. What's the next item that people usually overlook when they do a will or trust? Well, the next item is your furry friends, your pets. So most people don't think about their beloved pets when they do an estate plan. And obviously for most people, if you have a pet, your pet is really important to you. It's, a, it's another child of sorts. And so disastrous things can happen for your loved ones, your smaller loved ones typically, um, if you don't account for them in your estate plan. So what can happen to the pets if you're not taking those precautions? What kind of issues do you yeah. see? Well, some, some of the most common issues that we see are that Nobody knows who's going to take the pet, and so there's some confusion and delay in the pet finding a new home, and maybe there isn't a good plan for where the pet is going to go in your absence. And the other one is financial, because if if you have some people in your world who would be happy to take in your pet, but let's say, like most pets, when when we pass away, we've had them for a few years, they're not little babies anymore and the older they get the more expensive they get they need surgeries they need special procedures if you have somebody who would be willing to take in your pet but doesn't have the money to take care of a senior pet or take care of your pet as they age that can keep a good person from taking them in and so providing for your pets financially is the other thing but the third thing is making sure that somebody knows that you have a pet at home. Sometimes people have emergencies, they're taken to the hospital, they have a pet at home and nobody knows about it. And so that can, that can be a really devastating situation for your dog or cat or whoever it is if they go without food or water because nobody knew that they were there. So it's having a good communication plan in place. And is that the best way to do it or do you, should you do something legally? Yes. Well, I'll say absolutely you should do something legally and you should leave money for somebody and ideally in, in uh, a specific distribution for a pet trust to make sure that there is money available for the care of any animals that you have when you pass away. And you can do that in a way that's very, very flexible and anything that's not needed for your pets or if you don't have pets, the money can go to your children or to a pet charity, something like that. But making sure that you have accounted for that in your legal documents, especially from a financial perspective, and also that you have had some conversations with people and made, made notes in important places that you have pets at home. We buy all of our clients a membership with an organization called DocuBank. So our clients carry a little card in their wallet that if they land in the hospital, the hospital pulls out that has their key information. And one of the things that they can list on there is that they have a pet at home so that somebody can make sure that the pet is taken care of. 
Oh, that's wonderful. I, my in-laws, uh, as you know, passed this past year, but they used to have a lovely dog named Coco. Well, he was very lovely to them. <laughs> he sometimes barked at the rest of us, but he was, <laughs> and if, and if they had predeceased Coco, oh my goodness, you know, I mean, that would have been mm-hmm. a major, major, uh, bone of a contention as to, you know, who was going to get Coco? Because I think we might have fought over him. So uh, th- so that's good that uh, you're talking about that and addressing that here. And if people want to learn more, they can visit your website, coloradoestateplan.com, to get to the Hammond Law Group or give them a call at 719-520-1474. Catherine, stick around. We need to take a short break here. When we come back, we'll continue with those overlooked items when making an estate plan. That when the extra continues. We're back with the second hour of the extra, and we're talking about the six most common items people overlook in their estate plans. We've talked about digital assets, personal property, pets. Well, let's talk about something else. And Catherine, I understand one of the most commonly overlooked items is health care wishes. Share with us what you mean by that. Mm. Yes. If your loved ones don't know exactly what kinds of care you do and don't want when you have some sort of crisis come up, it causes all kinds of problems for them. It, it, it puts them into a guessing game where they're trying to guess what kinds of things you would want and what kinds of things you wouldn't want. And it's a ton of pressure, it's really stressful, and it's not necessary. So what kind of issues have you seen crop up? Yeah, well, so I've seen people end up in a situation where they were not able to communicate and the family had differing opinions on exactly what should be done. And I've seen that come up in situations where the opinions were around things like what kind of surgery to have or should we do You know, let's say that it's a cancer situation. Should we do chemo? Should we do surgery? Should we do radiation? Those kinds of things. But even more uh, difficult are those moments where there's a potential life-ending decision. Do we keep them on artificial nutrition and hydration or do we let them pass away? And families can fight about this and be divided for eternity because they didn't agree on what they thought you wanted in that crisis moment. I, I had one of those in my own life with my mother where she, she was no longer able to swallow with her Alzheimer's. And my siblings and I had differing opinions about what to do and I was the one who was legally in charge as her guardian, but it was important to me that we all be on the same page. I didn't, I didn't want to tear my family apart and I knew that wasn't what my mom wanted. And it almost did. And thankfully we were able to come together, but it, it's tricky and most families don't manage those things well. Yeah, and, and, even if everything has always been smooth in your family before. No, it it becomes a real sticking point, you know, because also you know they, you know, at at certain points, well, you know, it, at certain points, uh, it, you may be getting certain directives from the medical experts that don't jive with what you or someone in your family might want to happen. So it's very difficult, like you said. So how do we prevent those things from happening? 
Well, of course you want your medical directives. Everybody, if you go to a good attorney, they're going to give you a healthcare power of attorney, naming somebody to make your decisions and a living will that says the basics of how you feel about artificial life support if you have a terminal condition or you're unconscious. But more importantly, you need to communicate with the person who's going to be making the decisions for you and everybody else in your inner circle so that there aren't any conflicts about what quality of life means to you, in what kinds of situations, because we can't predict what's going to happen, in what kinds of situations do you want your life prolonged, in what kinds of situations do you not want your life prolonged. Some people feel like giving them care after a certain point is actually prolonging their death. And for people who feel that way, they feel very strongly that they don't want their death prolonged and it's a real burden on their family. So letting your family know where you stand on those things um, in terms of, of quality of life versus quantity of life, that is the key. So we've clicked off uh, four items so far. What's number five of most often overlooked items when uh, completing an estate plan if you don't have the proper guidance? Yeah, number five is your businesses. Whether it's an LLC, a corporation, it might be something that you're running on your own. It might be something, uh, you might be the president of a company that you founded. It is vital to have things set up so that you're, not only does somebody have the legal authority to step in in your place and collect on anything that should be a receivable, um, and pay your debts and take care of business to so the legal authority, but separately have a plan for who is going to do what in your business and make sure that people are prepared for that. Who's going to take over in your role? Who's going to, um, if, if there's a succession plan, who's going to be buying it out? And what is the succession plan? How does that get implemented? There are a whole bunch of things that should be addressed in relationship to a business, and they have to be addressed ahead of time, or your entire business is at risk when something happens to you. And I've, I've seen that happen. I actually have a friend of a friend who in his 30s had a successful company and he uh, unexpectedly passed away and he did not have things set up properly and the company was simply shut down and his wife then as a result had no money and had to move with the children out of their house only because he didn't have a, a plan in place for the business. Right, right. I've I've seen that happen with uh, people who have uh, uh, medical practices or dental practices, and 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 they, you know, unfortunately pass earlier than everyone thought. And and who's going to assume that debt? Because it's quite a bit of debt that you take on to start those medical practices, as well as you have the medical debt uh, from schooling. So I mean, all of that are the kind of things you need to address. So what kinds of plans can people set up or make for their businesses? Yes, I, I have to say attorneys do that too. I know virtually zero attorneys who have succession plans in place. And so when something <laughs> happens to the attorney... Doctor, heal thyself, lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> right. And so clients have to find a new attorney. And in the estate planning world, that means if you want to make any changes to your documents, you have to completely start over. 
you can, as I have done, put a plan in place so that there's already somebody who's in line to take it over. There's already a succession plan that is funded so that there's money available to buy the business, etc. So ask your attorney about that as well. Um, so what can people do? People can, number one, um, have a good estate plan in place that will address it, but number two, go through all of those plans and work with somebody who's an expert with, with succession planning. We work with Pass It On here in Colorado Springs. They've been in business for many, many years. Um, they are experts at making all of this work smoothly. And so make sure that you have every I dotted and every T crossed for your businesses. Got it. We need to take another break here. Catherine Hammond is our guest. We are up to the sixth item. And when we come back, Catherine will reveal that on her list of the most commonly overlooked items that people uh, neglect to do when setting out to make an estate plan. And, and as long as you have this list uh, somewhere in your, you know, in, in your awareness, this will help make sure that your estate plan is as locked in as possible. But also, has the flexibility that you need. And if you'd like to find out more about some of these issues that we've been talking about, these estate planning workshops that Catherine and her team put together are great. Uh, there's one coming up on Wednesday, March 13th, another one coming up on Saturday, March 16th. Easy to register for. They're completely free. You're under no obligation. Uh, ColoradoEstatePlan.com is where you can get details and register or give them a call, 719 520 74. Catherine, you don't have a problem sticking around, right? Because we have to reveal number six on your list. I'm so excited. Okay, we're back after a few messages here on KRDO News Radio. Welcome to the Extra. If you're just joining us, we've been talking with our guest today, Catherine Hammond, founder and president of the Hammond Law Group. We've been talking today about the six things you probably overlooked in your estate plan. And so these are things to maybe readdress. Digital assets, things like Hotmail, things like email, things like maybe bank accounts that are accessed online, things like uh, maybe cryptocurrency or something like that. Personal property, pets, healthcare wishes, businesses. Okay, so Catherine, the final item, tell people what they need to worry about. Can we get a drum roll here? <laughs> the final item is the one that I think is the very most important, and that is guidance. People think that just doing a will or a trust and handing that to your loved ones when you pass away is enough, and it is not nearly enough. The whole point of an estate plan, yes, it is um, a way to transfer your assets to the next generation, but why? We're doing something in a context that people forget about. Take a step back and think about what it is you really want to wanting to accomplish for your beneficiaries and what it is that you're really wanting to avoid. And then think about what kinds of guidance they need to get and how how what needs to be integrated into your plan in order for those things to happen. So in terms of guidance that goes outside of your, your estate planning documents, there are a number of things that are super important. One is a letter of intent that goes to your successor trustee that says, here's how I want you to manage things. 
to the extent that you have discretion with making distributions to my loved ones, here's how I want you to use your discretion. It's also incredibly helpful to write letters to your beneficiaries and tell them how you hope that they will use or not use that money. Remind them of your values, of your family values. Help them capture a vision for where they're going in life and connect the money that you're leaving them with that vision and with the life that you want them to have. I also recommend that people write a family legacy letter that says what your story is and what you know of your parents' and grandparents' stories that can be saved for generations, that says you know all the highlights and lowlights of your life and the lessons that you've learned. All of those are the most precious things. Long after the money's all spent when you're gone, those are the things that really leave a legacy over the generations. Most people don't really want to leave assets. They want to leave a legacy. So what legacy will you be leaving? Right, right. I, and I think uh, a lot of uh, those who are passing or, you know, they they look at their life and they just want their loved ones to, to be happy and safe and secure mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, decisions that will lead to that will make uh will have the best and most lasting impact uh when you look at the family moving forward so we've talked about all of these what else do people need to be thinking about to make sure they get their estate planning done right yeah it it comes down to it's it's not about getting estate planning documents It's about what is the legacy that you want to leave for your family. What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to avoid? And so if you have an estate plan in place, go back a step and start thinking through your values and the values that you want to have carried out. If you haven't yet done an estate plan, think about your values and what you want to accomplish and what you want to avoid. And make sure that your entire estate plan the documents and every other piece that should be aligned with that, that everything lines up with the legacy that you want to leave for your loved ones. All right. So some excellent information there, information that's actionable that we can actually take into our own lives and, you know, set down on a list and you know, check it off. Have I have I taken those steps? I got to admit, some of those steps you talked about, only half done in my own <laughs> life. So again, a good reminder for those of us who uh, maybe have a little trouble with follow through. So again, we've talked about the six items overlooked usually in estate plans uh, or often uh, digital assets, personal property, pets, our furry friends, or maybe our scaly friends, if you like lizards and such, (laughs) healthcare wishes, businesses, and guidance. And so once again, as we get ready to sign off here, Catherine, where can our listeners go for more information? Yes, we would love to have you join us for one of our upcoming estate planning essentials workshops um, here in Colorado Springs on Wednesday, March 13th or Saturday, March 16th. You can call our office at 719-520-1474 or you can go online to coloradoestateplan.com to get all of the details and register for those. We have webinars um, coming up later in March as well. So we would love to have you join us in any of those ways, help you get started 
taking the next step to get your family protected. Right. Don't let it go long, uh, folks. Um, Things uh, can happen and can happen unexpectedly, and you want to make sure that your loved ones are protected in case of uh, some tragedy. 719-520-1474 is the number to call. Catherine Hammond, I I always feel like your goal is to get people prepared, kind of like the Office of Emergency Mm -hmm. Management, and we all can get behind efforts like that. Yes. Well, I've been through it on the other side with uh, a family that wasn't prepared myself. So um, my mission is to help other people do it a little bit better for their families. Catherine Hammond, thank you. Catherine is the founder and president of Hammond Law Group. Thank you for joining us for this hour of conversation here on The Extra. Catherine Hammond, our guest on this uh hour, which is so special because not only is it a Thursday, uh, but it's also Leap Day. Let's uh, think about that. It happens just once every four years. And so glad we had Catherine with us. To our audience, thank you for sharing in this hour of conversation as well. Tom Martino is up after the break. Enjoy your day.